This is the 87th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about the paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me, as always, are my dear co-host Robinson Sien and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Good evening, legacy aficionados. Greetings, stranger. <laughs> Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Deck app. In this episode, we will discuss recent LGS play and hear a tournament report from a qualifier for the European Legacy Masters held last weekend in Stockholm. First up, though, the weekly. Robin, you reported last episode that you would have to sit out from play due to other commitments. I, as per usual on weeknights, did not attend, but Christopher... You brought the latest hotness. Tell us all about Staff of the Storyteller, please. I love drawing cards. <laughs> what can I say? End of story. I, I tried this uh, Jeskai staff deck, which practically only splash red for the sideboard pyroblasts and, you know, a cute prismatic ending going up to free. But it's pretty much just a, a solid blue-white deck, and there's been a lot of different archetypes and the philosophies surrounding this card i've seen it adapted in cephalid breakfast i've seen it in a variety of different like four color yorion builds with everything from fable of the mirror breaker to uros and minsk and booze but the version that i'm most interested in is you know playing some shark typhoons playing quite big planeswalker suite and just aiming on converting your staff of the storytellers into a clunkier accumulated knowledge with more endgame punch. So yeah, I, I tried that. What's not to love? <laughs> yeah, like it's they they are surprisingly menacing. I can't really explain it, but I was really impressed by how actually well these these st- like style of cards work in a control shell like the one i built i also took this opportunity to play uh, free humility in <laughs> in my 75 so i played one in the main and two in the sideboard and this is oh wow very wrong but man it felt <laughs> so right sometimes did you board in the two in the <laughs> in one game in one game <laughs> i actually had to board out <laughs> A lot of humilities, <laughs> and I'll, I'll get to why. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I tried this deck out, and it was a lot of fun. For my first opponent, I played against our latest guest, uh, Oliver, on TES. He had his chance to finally reduce the ratio between his wins and losses against me. Unfortunate for him, it did not pan out that way. You know, it's a control deck, and Tess is pretty well equipped to beat control decks. They play a lot of Orm's Chants and Veil of Summers. But for some reason, you know, one staff sticks. One staff sticks. <laughs> oh man, that sounded like... <laughs> one stick staff. Six staffs in a staff box. Yeah, I, no, I'm just like, aren't those the same thing? A staff and a stick. But anyway, so a staff sticks. And then you just passively draw cards against the deck that, you know so focused on getting the critical mass going so yeah that was it was it was a 2-0 then i played against jeskai control and this was a jeskai control without the staffs as you could imagine when whenever you're playing a control mirror you you need to have a haymaker and the haymaker in this matchup are staff of the storyteller combined with things like narset 
my opponent had to aim all of their prismatic endings at my staffs because else I'm just gonna, whenever I cycle a shark typhoon, I get ahead. So, you know, they really need to play all of their endings on these staffs, which is crazy when you think about it because that's one ending less for, yeah, let's say uh, Narset or Teferi. So then in the sideboard games, your red elemental blasts become very, very, you know, necessary and you have to fight a lot of angles. It's it, it's very tough to fight that matchup without the the staffs. What what were they playing in that slot? Like what were they game plan? So yeah, they were on a very high counter spell build and they had Merktide, Wandering Emperor and some other thing. The player said that this was apparently a list that performed quite well at some tournament or maybe a challenge but some weeks prior i can't remember exactly but it did look like a very solid list but this was definitely the wrong matchup for it you know we're both fighting the same dirty tricks you know whenever one of the players get a narset into teferi the match is very close to over so yeah that that was a a 2-0 then i actually played the mirror (laughs) The Staff Mirror. (laughs) And this is a small spoiler. Staff of the Storyteller was the most popular deck uh, at at this evening, at this event. We were 20 players. I think five players were on Jeskai Control. And four of those played Staff of the Storyteller. So yeah, then I was was up against the Mirror. And they had the uh, Stoneforge build. You know, another way to get a... To proc your staffs is uh, by getting a germ into play and the germ is also a very good clock so actually i lost zero one our game one took 42 minutes whoa (laughs) the reason why i lost was that i i managed to assemble narset days undoing but drew five lands a force and a prismatic ending from it and my opponent drew one card that was better which was Staff of the Storyteller, when they had one in play already. Oh, the double Staff, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's very good. It's the accumulated knowledge, but you can play around Narset better, because you can just use one of the counters at the time on your opponent's turn. So yeah, I lost that, 0-1, and then I played against a blue-black control deck. In game one, I got stuck on Freelance for maybe 15-16 turns, which is very rough in a control mirror and in game two i managed to stick a humility i saw my opponent had snapcasters baleful strix i suspected maybe plague engineer and stuff like that so i bought i boarded in all of the humilities just to be a pain in the ass and make their clock really bad but then my opponent hymned my five card hand and hit both of my staff of the storyteller and then i just could not find a good threat so eventually I did die by the one once, but it was also uh, a bit of variance that happens. So yeah, I went 2-2. It was a lot of control <laughs> at this yeah. evening. So that, that's always fun to see because I think control is a bit underrepresented right now in Legacy. So do you feel that the staff deck has space for iteration? Yeah, for sure. Like we've already seen so much. Like the first versions that I saw of it is close to what I played which is this, you know, uh, you play a bunch of removal, you play like eight planeswalkers, you have one to three humility in the 75, and you just play this very slow game. 
uh, where the opponent eventually runs out of resources and you just keep on shugging for your deck. But I've seen so many iterations already, like these four-color decks that play Minsk and Boo, you know, the Yorion decks. You know, blinking staff, like free staffs with a Yorion. I mean, that, <laughs> that must be... That must be good, right? So I, I see I see a lot of things happening. And I, I do believe that the Stoneforge build, I, I do believe that it might be stronger than what I played. Simply because having that Stoneforge package is just really nice in other matchups as well. Yeah, you get so, so many angles and you get so many choices for your 75. Yeah, exactly. And since, since Staff is already a s- sort of tap out card on turn two, it's kind of nice to have other tap out cards in that slot you're not like my list didn't play minor misstep which maybe i should play but there's definitely a lot of room left and it's really fun to see that this has actually found slots in some cephalid breakfast decks because it's not one of the decks that i would suspect it to be good in but now when i've played it a bit it buys time and it draws a lot of cards like it's it's very cool As said on top of the show, there was a qualifier for the European Legacy Masters at our local game store Alpha Spiel last weekend. And Victor, you went. What did you play? Well, to the surprise of no one, uh, I played Reanimator. I posted uh, my quote, uh, air quotes, deck list in the Discord. Right, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, of course, uh, a photograph of one of my turn one plays of a Bandland, Dark Ritual, and two Mixium. <laughs> I'm going to get you a crow play, Matt. That's <laughs> yeah, Screaming yeah, Crow. Yeah, yeah. But the deck was basically the, the reanimator list that I've been on for quite some time now. The, the Quadruple Grief, Quadruple Unmask, Two Covers of Thoughtseize main, No Atraxa business. This time I tried playing two Dothy Voidwalkers in the board uh, for the mirror and other shenanigans. Uh, never sort of had a reason to board them in, but that was a change at least. Other than that, it was basically the, the Noah Traxa BR reanimator list that's been been the same ever since uh, Archon of Cruelty became a mainstay with Grief. All right. Tell us about the tournament round by round. Round one, I sit down against one of the community heroes, a judge, and who was playing today. So shout out to judges everywhere. Thank you for all your work. They were on a four-color pile. Game one, pretty much according to plan, discard the force of will, reanimate Grizzlebrand, I think, turn two, and then just sort of go from there, draw, draw 14, whatever. <laughs> and in the second game... They um, No, one thing that happened in game one that was really cool was that I was attacking. I had attacked with uh, a Grizzlebrand and a Grief, and they are sort of dead on board for next turn, and they are pretty much hellbent as well. And they're like, oh, Terminus. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, been that's, a, a card. that's been a while. That's going to leave a mark. That. <laughs> yep. But I had, uh, I had more cards in hand to sort of just 
rebuilt and they had sort of they couldn't reply to that in a timely manner so i won and then in game two they only played two copies of endurance in 75 i guess to fit with all the minsk and boos and a single copy of wasteland and sort of very much pile through Mm. and through and i guess if you do pile through and through you don't have room for a lot of dedicated sideboard hate for a, such a specific graveyard strategy as Reanimator is. And hence, I was pretty much able to do the same as in game one. They had an early Caracas, I think, but I, since I play Archon, and Archon is just stupidly good against any, any deck that, that tries land. to do those things. So... Um, 2-0 in the first round. But no surgicals in the sideboard. I don't know if they had like one copy or so. Mm-hmm. We sometimes see a, a pattern of uh, endurance players skimming on like proper graveyard hate. Uh, myself included. Guilty. Yeah, but that's like after you... Then you play four endurance in the 75, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. For a, for a learn. Sometimes free. But a lot of times... I. I just get this sense that you know endurance. You have all of these. You have all of these ideas or memories of a play going really right. I don't know. I see more people shaving endurances from the seventy-five than adding them when they're good. But I, I don't know. Like it definitely feels. It feels like these uh, you know white permanent based answers like uh, rest in peace that we don't see that as much anymore. And rest in peace is still a banger. It's it's still very strong. It might be a, a speed issue, which is insane yeah, I think because so. it's two mana. But yeah, so that's super cool. Sounds like a clean wipe. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, no no discussion. So in round two, I play against the drum roll, blue black shadow, current nemesis of mine, and it was funny because there was another black red reanimator player at the tables and they told me <laughs> sitting down next to me for round two oh so look at me i'm getting to play the blue black shadow opponent because their opponent was known to <laughs> to have brought blue black shadow and i'm like sure you know keep it up and my <laughs> my opponent turns out of course to play the same deck <laughs> as i realized when i i lose the die roll but get to do the first discard and i'm like oh okay um let's Let's take that card over there. That's sort of, uh, I think I took a force of will. And I was able to land a uh, a Grizzle brand quite quickly. Through, a pretty good uh, card. Yes, pretty good card. It, it, it does some things. But then my Grizzle brand was taken away from play through... Brazen Borrower? Shieldred's Edict. Oh, Ooh. man, that's dirty. Yes, that is dirty. And my opponent started to assemble like one copy of Death Shadow, two copies of Death Shadow, Gurmag Angler, oh. and the Strix. And I, I, I'm at sort of I'm at five life, and this is their board. And I have an Exhum in hand. They have no creatures in their graveyard. And I from the top, I have three mana exactly, and I rip Entomb. So I go Entomb into Sarah's emissary. Oh Protection man, from creatures. <laughs> and he's like. Oh no, <laughs> that's bad for me. That's dirt. And he had two turns to find an answer, but didn't. So I I stole game one, or stole it back, I guess, because I was not sort of. I mean, I discarded my opponent a lot in in that in the early games of game one, and he did not think that he was gonna come back. But he kept drawing real gas, and I kept drawing less gas. <laughs> Let's just say it's all these pesky cantrip decks i know right but he, he didn't even play cantrips oh he, he just, just sort of uh, 
Oh, they man. just I discarded his cantrip, so he just drew these cards like the heart of the cards in in, in sequence. I mean, they're in the deck, so you know. Yeah. But still, it was he was a bit like, "Ooh, I'm drawing really good now," and I'm like, yeah, "You're drawing really good now." But then again, I get to draw even better because of that emissary. So that's nice. In game two, though, I get shadowed pretty hard. There is counter magic, and he humans me. I think as, as well taking. So that's a bit scary when you human human your reanimator play, and because I had three cards in hand. And he hunts me, and there is a gristlebrand that goes into the graveyard, and he's like <laughs> so stressed out that I'm sitting with a reanimation spell, which is just like a marsh flats or something in my hand. Yeah, so yeah. It's it's nothing, but I think you're supposed to side out him against specifically reanimator, right? <laughs> because well, it, I don't know. It depends. Like a lot of these shadow decks are playing reanimates of their own, right? So like right. stealing stealing things but i don't know like it's it's always risky thoughtsies is one thing because it go it gets you lower on health like you get your life total down grows your shadows and you get to pick your opponent's reanimations or they're in tombs hymn is risky but you know i i wouldn't say that it's wrong it still sucks to be hymned eventually i'm still at 16 life because my opponent isn't doing much and i do find a reanimate. I reanimate my Gristlebrand, going to go to eight. And my opponent has, I think, I just cast a Garmag Angler and has a Delver in play. So I'm like, I need to go to one here because I need to find answers to these things. Just sort of, you know, I can't just not draw cards because if they have a removal, they have a removal still, I assume. And I draw seven cards don't find anything to sort of put into play and they have a removal in their hand uh, shield edict so they take game two and then in game three i sort of mulligan to six into a grief hand i you know, grief reanimate grief have an animate dead and a couple of manas so i go ahead and grief him twice to take a counter spell and the baleful strix because they don't have that's much gas going on so i'm thinking i sort of try to buy myself some time by putting the grief into play to just sort of get things rolling slowly and i see they have a hymn so the next turn i animate dead their baleful streaks because i i have a pretty empty hand and i have two cards so i'm thinking i might just cycle this perhaps i'll find a petal or something or something that sort of might get put into the graveyard because instead of just sitting on animate dead and a land like and also that puts me in a protection against shieldred's edict which could become sort of an important thing later on in the match so i do that to draw a card it's just sort of another reanimation spell and they do play the hymn they discard me i'm hellbent and the match sort of ticks on slowly i ship down at his life total with my grief sort of slowly but surely but they eventually resolve angler and it becomes a bit of a stale thing i get to reanimate the gristle brand which they bounce okay that's the brazen borrower but at that time i have three lands in play and i have been sitting on a show and tell for a very long time so i show and tell and he puts in nothing and i put in gristle brand he draws for turn and shakes my hand mm, that's a nice handshake so i win 2-1 against blue black shadow redemption yeah vindication yes but it wasn't a bit of an easier mode because they did not play reanimate in their deck okay oh, right so had they played reanimate in their deck i would have been in even more trouble and but even without those this matchup is just so tight they have a lot of things it was a very fun match to play but i was happy to sort of have it be 
over quite quickly still because I mean these are fast games so I could <laughs> take a break and <laughs> just sort of sit down and breathe after this Mentally one because wow, it's sweaty on to the third round so yeah round three I sit down at table one Ooh. against Bant midrange that's such a good feeling to sit on the first table yeah 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 and and the first match has a lot of notes on the life pad because my opponent had an Uro and I had an Archon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, a lot of life totals going back and forth. The sort of plus three, minus three, plus three, minus three, minus six. Minus, sort of, you get the drift. Yeah, it feels like one of those creatures are winning that race, though. <laughs> yes, because uh, he cannot cast his Uro from the graveyard indefinitely, even though he tried cantrips quite a bit <laughs> he, he cast it like i think four or five times but since i had so many discard opportunities my opponent gets to play basically nothing else like his mm. tefer goes into the graveyard all the cards they're just sort of binned there used to feed the uro but eventually uro has no nothing more to eat yeah and it just dies like yeah and then but, uh, at one point they flash in a quattle to block my archon but at the time, of course, I've drawn a reanimation, uh, reanimation spell, yeah, spell to sort of just put it back into play. And they're like, yeah, uh, okay, let's go to game two, I guess. <laughs> and game two is pretty much the same affair, only quicker. I do discards, I play Archon, and uh, yeah. Pack your bags. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pack your bags. <laughs> it, it feels as if... I, I feel very favored here sort of after playing the four-color sort of pile in, in the first round and the uh, band midrange in the third, that uh, this is a matchup I I feel pretty confident unless they sideboard really heavily. There There's a lot of opportunity for me to win here, which I also do. Yeah, it's always, a, like, like we mentioned, it's always a balance of like what cards to, you know, what can you afford to have in the sideboard when a meta looks like it does now. But it seems like Reanimator is really showing up good results, both that and show-and-tell strategies. So maybe we'll see some more Containment Priests moving moving forward, which I think... Yeah, yeah is. they were boarding in Containment Priests. It was like a nice suite, though. I think like five sideboard cards, all different. But then, of course, that, that includes taking in cards that aren't fantastic like Flasterstorm for example but still mm. yeah you still need to get to turn two <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, yeah exactly which is uh, no 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 your your <laughs> game plan is no no senor no does not happen yeah, they, they had Flasterstorm in game two but that was easy to play around all right so you are 3-0 now and it's a f- five round tournament I suppose five round tournament 28 players so four of us were three and oh sitting down at table one and two and said well time to have a long lunch nice. Oof. and of course alpha spiel as a venue they sell you burgers so i had a tasty burger with fries to hark back on some twitter activity we had what did you have on your burger victor i had the vegan chili mayo burger with no onions because my digestive system can't handle onions sadly uh, yeah cool that they have vegan options too yeah, 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 no, it's uh, it's it's really good. It's also actually one of the vegan burgers I can eat. So no, so double win, which sort of uh, you know, your double ID is also a sort of double win because it will take you straight to the quarterfinals, right? 
it will after so the first round round four burger round five coffee break man you had it all <laughs> i know right i'm feeling really good at this point <laughs> i was like this is a win regardless like you know getting store credit back plus some more for the entry fee nice lunch coffee mm. nice conversations yeah no it was good it was good so yeah quarterfinal coming up and i sit down against none other than uh, my uh last round uh, my, my final fifth round opponent from the previous alpha spell tournament a couple of months ago when i fell off the share <laughs> after they produced their third force wheel in the last game that i still won that was a memorable moment yes it was <laughs> so we sit down for a new match it's not really a rematch because these are different setups because they were on staff blade blue white staff blade yeah it's cool i think i saw this player play this deck so first game is from where my decklist picture was. So we both mulligan to six, and I have a six-hander of Unmask, Dark Ritual, Swamp, Entomb, Exhume, and Animate Dead. So I unmask my opponent. They have a Force Will in their hand and one other blue card. So I take their Force of Will. I play my land and put those... Th- I'm like, can I shortcut? <laughs> and my opponent's <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> Go ahead and shortcut. <laughs> and I put the rest of my hand <laughs> onto the table, and they're like, scoop. I had also f- for the uh, for the for the extra lulls. I had the seventh card uh, on the bottom of my deck was a Gristlebrand. So my idea was to just sort of casually put it from the bottom of the deck and then shuffle. But I didn't have time to go there because my opponent just said, "Let's just go move on to the next game. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> this has been great. Exactly. <laughs> no, but we had a lot of a lot of good good chatter before we started the round. I really like playing against this player. It's one of the nicest opponents, really, for me. All time, it's always nice times. So in the second game. I am less fortunate in my quick plays, and I really got into a sort of slow six-card hand, which is discard-heavy, because I want to sort of pave way, because they also really got into six. So I uh, pretty much get them down to sort of lands in their hand. They ponder on the first turn. But But then I proceed to not really draw anything myself, other than specifically lands, quite a few of them, and dark rituals, and some reanimation spells but there was nothing to to reanimate and my opponent all of a sudden has double staff of the storyteller going which makes Mm. me just i'm gonna scoop from here because there is no way i'm coming back from this pseudo grizzlebrand i'm just kidding yeah they they, they suddenly have like (laughs) six six cards in their hand and i'm like no i'm gonna just sort of let's just move on (laughs) i mean it it is sort of a one-sided holding mine isn't it exactly that basically i definitely underestimated just the sheer mental toll it takes on the opponent when you play a staff (laughs) because they're like oh no i'm gonna get buried in cards and then they start playing like overcommitting to the board and stuff like that you just sit on that supreme verdict for so long and then you start Mm. pulling ahead on cards it's beautiful it is beautiful 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 so then in the last of these three games i also mulligan to six again because my, my opponent keeps a seven and this is an interesting mind game because when i say sort of mulligan to six and they say i'm going to keep these cards sort of you're pretty sure they have something because they probably do but when they don't mulligan at all you get into this mind game do they have something and or do they only have this one something thing and the rest of their hand is sort of not much to sort of put in your christmas tree mm. so i keep after thinking for quite some time i keep a similarly discard heavy six and i discard my opponent my opponent has 
a couple of lands, a uh, retrofitter foundry. One of the lands is a saga, a brainstorm, and a force of will, I think. No, a, a surgical. So I take the surgical and sort of pass turn, and they play saga and play their, uh, their retrofitter foundry. I proceed from there to draw a lot of lands and a lot of reanimation spells. They are stuck on very few lands. They, they, they have these two lands, they're Saga and Plains. They have a Force of Will in hand as well, and no more lands. And they draw basically no more lands, and they play no more spells this game, other than this retrofitter foundry. But since I have nothing, they win. <laughs> because they make <laughs> these servos transformed into bigger, bigger artifact dudes and just basically ship <laughs> down at my life total. Like, my life total from this game goes like 20, 18, 17, 15, 14, 10, 5, 2, scoop. And they are on 20 for their entire, <laughs> entire game. So it's like, they played one spell. And from the saga, they got a, um, a lantern. Yeah. So uh, once I've actually managed to bin something, of course, it becomes basically just academic. The beautiful thing with Retrofit the Foundry, it's kind of like the circle of life, right? You <laughs> just see, see them grow up and they grow up so fast. <laughs> everything the sun touches is ours what's in the graveyard over there oh that's the land beyond our borders oh, it's, oh, it's grizzle it's, it's grizzle brand but we got lantern for that and we <laughs> exactly. we can shine light down there with our lantern don't worry yep. son so i i lose one too and this this second this, this third game the second loss was the weirdest ever like i have never lost to this card at all in magic and i have certainly never lost to an opponent playing the one spell on turn one and have that sort of it was super weird but you know i'll take it because that was a glorious way to go down <laughs> yeah it's it's not the way you you anticipate to loot lose with reanimator you know turn one retrofitter <laughs> and that's their spell for the game nope super weird super weird but that that that's weird so the deck really cooperated up until the quarterfinals game two <laughs> and in games two and three of the quarterfinals deck was less cooperative of course i could have gone into a more proactive five but if that's a proactive five with no discard if they have one way to counter what i have i'm really just dead yeah they still kept that seven which makes your head yeah. wonder yeah. how much in- interaction are we talking here yeah, I, I think I'm making the correct choice. But it was a hand with no looting and no biggie creature to put in the graveyard. So, of course, I know I'm not going to get there quickly. My hope was to shred them. And I didn't consider that <laughs> Retrofitter could uh, go so far. It fits all locations. So there you have it. Ended up in, I think, sixth place altogether. I was third seed into top eight. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, congratulations. Do you have any thoughts on, on like playing Grizzlebrand only and no Atraxas, which has been very popular <laughs> in, my, in my experience? Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried Atraxa for the same reasons that I gave a couple of episodes ago when we talked about this, that I don't feel that Atraxa solves any problems that I have. Mm. I mean, I think, of course, when, when it happens, it's nice 
And I think based on what people have told me, when you board in show and tell, I think Atraxa becomes a lot better. But face value, if I want to reanimate a Gristle brand or an Atraxa, I'm going to go for the Gristle brand any day. But it does, it does also matter at what stage in the game you're at. If you're playing against Blue Black Shadow, you know, maybe reanimating Gristle brand won't allow you to draw cards because you're low on HP. And having that Atraxa just come into play and fill your hand, have lifelink and all that, it I, I can see the appeal, but I'm also Team Grizzlebrand. Like you don't yeah, you don't play this game to make uh, you know okay plays. <laughs> you play it to make grandeur plays. Yeah, draw fourteen, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all of that. Draw four, draw fourteen. I also think like at some point when more and more of the combo decks just play come into play creatures as they pay off. They are going to be more easily hated with just Torpor Orb-esque cards, right? Like if Show and Tell and Reanimator and Doomsday and, you know, all if they all play like cards that can be sort of host with Hushbringer or Torpor Orb or something like that, they become a little bit weaker, I yeah. think. Yeah, but it's also that question. Playing against Reanimator, would you really want to bring in Torpor Orb? If they know they are on, on a quad attracts, I, I probably would, yes. Yeah. It's probably just me who plays decks that would lose to that anyway. <laughs> like, just the body of Atraxa would kill most of my I decks. Mean, I mean, it w- I, would, I would also play, like, uh, Ordinary Graveyard Hate in that deck, of course. But, like, you could also have those maybe two cards or something. Maybe one card, maybe two cards. That, that is a little bit, of course, slower if it's a two-drop. But that can sort of shut, a, shut down the game against several combo decks yeah i mean another thing that i found interesting about this tournament was that i only used half of my sideboard for the entire tournament you didn't bring in the void walkers once did you nope no two void walkers one fair macabre three copies of wear tear one massacre and one iona all sat on the sideline for the entire day four show and tells and three serenities came in but the serenity is only in the in the final matchup and only on Mm. the draw and of course, I mean, I didn't really feel that I was specifically missing any cards either in any of these matchups. I mean, of course, against Blue Black Shadow, you feel like you're you're missing everything because you're like, why? Why am I doing this? Where where's my swords to plowshares? <laughs> why am I not playing that most excellent card? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Yeah, they have everything in that matchup, but it it feels like you know having the Void Walkers there, it still sets you up really good against things like randomly delver you know it it hits mm, them yeah, real sure. good <laughs> yep. when you get it out early but uh, yeah it just feels like you played against a lot of white and uh, blue black shadow maybe a lot of your sideboard uh, doesn't need to care about those things no i mean I, I felt in in most games like i'm good as is more or less but of course show and tell on the play is very good against graveyard hate so <laughs> it's pretty good pretty good against anything if you play a deck with dark rituals and lotus petals i mean you know that can happen speaking of uh, atraxa didn't show and tell player that i faced off against in eskilstuna win the whole tournament might have done so because the winner of this tournament was uh, Lina eberhardson Yes. On the Bant No Show, which secures them a spot in the European Legacy Masters. So that's cool. I mean, it, it's. I think it looks like, I wouldn't say sort of brick and mortars No Show, because this is a fairly new deck, but it's a sort of brainstorm ponders, four show and tells, three natural rollers, three attacks, one Emrakul, 
three omniscience, etc., etc. Nothing super spicy, other than the fact that this is a very nice and spicy, rather new deck. It did its thing, undefeated in the tournament, so, you know. Yeah, it's it's also pretty cool to see this style of decks, where you see Teferi in the main to make the show and tell a natural order, you know, really stick and get your attracts in there. But then being able to, you know, 180 out of there into a sideboard plan with Veil, uh, Fluster Storm, you know, they have all of their sorts to plowshares in the sideboard. And I don't know, it, it feels like it's trying to do plan A really good and then it can retreat back into doing a sort of plan B. Yeah. Those are the kind of strategies I really enjoy playing myself. It's a very cool deck, you know, chaining Atraxas with an omniscience in play that's sexy. Yeah, wow. It's very sexy. Other interesting things about this tournament was that I did not... I have I don't have a complete deck list uh, breakdown, but I didn't see any Storm decks nor any Death and Taxes decks on the tables. But what I did see and what made the top eight was Amulet Titan. <laughs> yeah, that is sick. And that deck was just sort of basically ported from Modern, but playing good lands. I learned only at this tournament that Field of the Dead is banned in Modern. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know that until until now. I think this uh, player has played uh, this particular deck for quite a while. I think so- one of us faced off against him in the champion, uh, the national championship. Oh, oh, like here, I think. Ago. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I think he's been on that deck for quite a while. I mean, he looked confident playing it. I will say, yeah, it was so cool. I I love that. The top eight rundown was uh, winner Omnitel or the no show deck, and then we had painter. Amulet Titan, and then we had the Staff Blade, Death Shadow, Doomsday, another Painter, and then yours truly, Victor Bernard's Chad Dad Reanimator. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> quite uh, that's quite a combo heavy top eight. Not gonna lie. Well, it depends if you paint if you yeah. call Painter yeah, a combo yeah. deck. I'm I'm on the fence on that nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Good job. Good job. Good day represented the crew quite well i'd say yeah we so awesome we were proud man yeah very proud and that is all we have for this episode coming up in the near future is lincoln an annual gaming convention in linköping south sweden it's 17 to 20th of may usually a lot of magic the gathering happens there not super legacy heavy but it's going to be at least one larger legacy tournament happening on the friday of that convention week so let us know in your discord if you're planning heading out there we can uh, meet up there's a link in this episode description in addition to discord you can hit us up on twitter we are at sthlm legacy also personally present on social media robin where can our listeners get hmm what type of advice should they be able to get from uh, from our boy this week? You you can learn all about Google Drives from me on Twitter. I am Jacka underscore Boo. Certified uh, Google Drive aficionado, uh, Jacka underscore Boo. And yeah, if you if you want to hear what condiments I put on my burger, just at me on Twitter at MonolithMTG. And if you want to see more deck picks consisting of four cards, you can follow me. I am at Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 87th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sean and Christopher Wikström. I have been Victor Bernhardt's special thanks to you for listening. The Great Fairness has, as always, written our music. You can find more of their work, if you want to, on Spotify. And until our next episode, remember to take the wizard's staff 
I specifically told you.